0: Everyone relax miss. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clausen. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson.
1: I, I, yeah, surely you should be Charlie Clausen if we're going for Christmas puns. Yeah. You've missed the most obvious one that is right there in your name. Clausen.
0: Son of Santa Claus. I am Charlie Clausen, son of Santa. So many people have tried to give me the nickname Santa over the years, but it hasn't quite stuck I don't know why that is. I mean, it's an obvious. Maybe it's too obvious. Do you think, Santa Clausen? Yeah, I guess so. And maybe it's one of those
1: things too, where I mean, because you're also a Santa. You're a Santa and a Santa. Yeah, like it should be right in the hero oh zone. God, for it's
0: too obvious.
1: Santa Claus. You know, that, that's who he is, old oh, mate. Santa Claus, Charlie Clausen. Do you think? Um, I mean, Santa is actually like perfect for St Kilda fans because his main colours. A red, white, and black, right? That's his key. Wow. Santa would be a Saints fan.
0: Is he red, white, and black? He's red and white. I think he wears a black belt. That's more of a kind of accessory. <laughs> I don't know his prime. It's a primary. Black
1: belt, black boots. That- oh, yeah, I guess. Black belt and black boots. It's all part of... No, he's definitely red, red, white, and black. If you just saw a red and white Santa, you're like, "Where the fuck's his belt? What's going on with Santa? Where yeah. is his boots and where's his belt? Who mugs Santa?"
0: That's like Zack Snyder's redesign of Santa. You know how he got rid of the red undies on Superman? He gets rid of the black belt, the black belt and the black boots, modernizes it a bit.
1: Or the idea is maybe that Santas are like wrestlers, and like so you have all these like you know shopping mall Santas around this time of the year, but there's a limited amount of belts, and at any stage like a Santa can challenge another Santa to a like a match and if they pin him for three in front of a referee they get to take their Santa belt and become the new Santa so if Santa's see a Santa with a legit belt you know that they've earned the right to be Santa I'd
0: love to see that you go to like Santa's village in some shopping centre and before they got a line of kids waiting and before he comes out they just play like a WWE highlights package of just like Santa putting people through tables like throwing elves over his shoulder and stuff and then he just like struts out with his belt Belt over his shoulder, rock style.
1: Yeah, I, I would love that. And like they've, they've re recorded, like, what would Santa's theme song be? Like a dashing through the snow, yeah, but b- horse open biscuit. Sl- like, yeah, or Evanescence. Yeah. Evanescence have yeah. done a version. <laughs> of that slowed it down a bit you know put in some sort of dramatic moments in it and then just santa appears at the top you know just like going off all over the place black belt above his head (laughs) santa style
0: is new metal still a thing like are new metal band's still around i bet there is
1: i don't think new metal is like because new metal fans didn't move on to something
0: else it really summed up the time though didn't it it was like that generation, and it's really our generation, we bear a lot of the responsibility for this. Mm. It's sort of like Generation X. It's like, we loved hip-hop, and we loved metal, and we're like, why not have them together? <laughs> <laughs> we love hip-hop, we, and we, we got- love metal, and we love skate culture. Let's put all three of them together.
1: <laughs> we, we we got too greedy, Charlie. We... Flew too close to the sun. We're like somebody who spoils their pizza by putting on too many extra toppings. Yeah. Sometimes minimalism is what you've got to go with. Metal was fine by itself. Rap was fine by itself. Skateboard culture was fine by itself. We did not put need to put them into a blender and try <laughs> to come up with new metal.
0: It was funny. Just today, we we're driving around and I had a Spotify on and I think it was on like a 90s playlist, like 90s rock anthems or one of those preset playlists. And for the first time ever, I said to Jem, oh, our music sounds old. Like, this is kind of reminds me of when I would hear my mum listen to the Beatles or something. It's like, oh, that sounds like old person music. I can't remember what the song was. It might have been Oasis or something. But every song that came up, I'm like, oh, man, this sounds like old man radio. <laughs> well, because it is old I man I know. Radio. It's going to be 2020. So, like,
1: 90s music is old people's music. It sucks,
0: though. I don't want to be old.
1: Oh, I mean, you're definitely old, Re- regardless, of, regardless of whether the music is still relevant, you are definitely getting old, I am definitely getting old, we are less relevant, the music might live forever, but regardless of the music being timeless, we are
0: still going to age and die. I mean, the existential dread of the bushfires is one thing, but the existential dread that yeah. Limp Biscuit might outlast me <laughs> is something completely different. Well, I mean, we spoke about the bushfires last week, and
1: it's just been nothing but worse since. Uh, Melbourne yesterday was completely covered in smoke, and it wasn't for Victorian bushfires. That was literally smoke from the New South Wales bushfires that is you know, is now so much of it and has come so far that it's, you know gone across the border, gone down to Melbourne. And our prime minister, Scott Morrison, has been on holiday in Hawaii. While well, the country is on fire, it is one of the most politically, like, deaf things that I have ever. Because regardless of whether the prime minister can do much in a practical sense, in a time of national emergency, that's why you have a prime minister. And regardless, you go and cook breakfast for the firefighters, and you yeah. you go and you Hand you out know out you bars. talk to people, and you talk to people who've lost their homes, and you you know you do stuff, you lead. These are the times where it is a no-brainer for a politician. Like, it is a national emergency. They need to see you on the news every day. They need to see you out and about doing things. Even if those things, you know, don't make a huge difference, you've got to be seen to be leading. And instead, speaking of 90s, like, new metal culture, there is a photo of the Prime Minister of our country on holiday in Hawaii, and he's posed for a photo, and he's done the bra hand signal like like what the fuck like i have never seen something that is more tone deaf than while your country is on fire being on holiday in honolulu and doing a shaka bra in a photo with people
0: well look in his defense though unless you've booked a flexi fare it's very hard to get a refund on your tickets to cut your trip early (laughs)
1: Yeah, the, the fact that the Prime Minister of the country is like, oh, well, I have to get a flight back. You're like, firstly, don't you have a plane? Get your plane to fly over and pick you up and bring it back, bring you back. It's a national emergency. Everyone would be fine with that. Secondly, there are flights out of Honolulu like every day on the hour. It is one of the easiest pl- It's a direct flight back to Australia. Get on a flight, mate. You're the Prime Minister of Australia. I'm guessing somebody will give you their seat if there isn't a seat on the plane.
0: Um. I was thinking maybe we we're going to talk about the bushfires, but I thought, you know what? It's feel- I've never – this country is in the grip of, like, serious anxiety. So I thought, why don't we bring them some laughter? That's what we'll do on TOFOP good. this week. We'll bring them some, some joy. And so I thought the way we could do that is to empty out our mailbag. Now, at last check, we were two months behind on correspondence. Um, so I've gone through, and I couldn't address everyone, but I picked out what I thought was a good selection of correspondence to uh, – to celebrate the end of uh, another year of TofoP and take us into twenty twenty, so we're going to start with TAMUS. TAMUS? Timus, T a i m u s. What do you reckon? T a i m u s. Timus. 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 I
1: mean, that's how you'd say Thailand. Yeah, but I'd, I've never heard that name before. So Timus. What a what an interesting name. Yeah. Timus.
0: Well, Well, Timus, uh, the subject is, the movie yesterday's initial premise is what Will would have wanted. Morning, chaps. Listening to your chat about the movie yesterday this morning, and Will talking about how it could have been very interesting had it explored a world where the Beatles songs weren't initially acclaimed as the greatest songs ever of all time. Mackenzie Crook, who's a genius. Mackenzie Crook, is that uh, Gareth from the original Office? I think it might be. Can you look that up? Mackenzie Crook, Michael, uh, who is a genius, see the Detectorists. He co-wrote an original screenplay called Cover Version, intending to direct the film himself. In Cover Version, the lead character achieves only moderate success with the Beatles' songs. A few years later, after Crook had dropped out due to other commitments, the story was pitched to writer-director Richard Curtis, who loved the idea but wanted to write his own script for it. Curtis's lead character became the world's most celebrated singer-songwriter and Curtis also shifted the story onto a love story between a male and female leads because he's Richard Curtis. (laughs) Stay frosty, Thomas.
1: Yeah, he said Richard Curtis said, I'm willing to do it, but I'm going to do my usual formula of cutting and pasting a third of the movie from my previous movies and then I'm just going to build the rest of it around it. So I don't have time for your nonsense.
0: Uh, So that sounds like it would have been a more interesting premise, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I love the idea because there's so much more to the Beatles than just their songs being great. The songs are absolutely fantastic. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, they're fantastic because they are also what a lot of modern music is based on, you know, uh, the story of the Fab Four going to America, the way that they, you know, completely changed their styles over the years. That's all part of their evolution and their process. So just kind of then suddenly going, here are all their songs that you're doing exactly the same Mm. is not an interesting story. I love the idea that maybe he only had moderate success the first time around, but then maybe, you know, you go then five years forward in the future or something and people have started to to discover the songs because that would have been a more... So you kind of make this movie where the sort of second act is he does it, but it actually doesn't turn him into the biggest actor in the world and any of that sort of thing. And then you do a sort of time jump to five years or 10 years in the future where those songs, he's not a musician anymore, but the songs are actually
0: being discovered as a great songs. That's an interesting idea as well, because it also raises the question of are the songs great or was it the combination of those four artists that made the songs great? Like could anyone just release that music? And it becomes a hit, or is it something about Paul McCartney's like lyric writing and John's vocals and Ring? Well, it's not going to be Ringo's drumming. Let's be honest, <laughs> but George's guitar. You know, is it the combo of those four guys? Because like a lot of bands, when the Beatles split up, they had you know spits and spurts, spits uh, and spurts of success, but not like they ever did when they were a group. And that certain certain bands are amazing when they're together, but when they go solo, they just don't have that magic. So the question would be: Well, if you're just Uh, like a single uh, singer-songwriter like the guy in Yesterday, maybe that's not enough to kind of capture the imagination of the public. I I think it wouldn't be. Like, I mean, I know it's not meant to be a realistic movie. Like, you know, (laughs) I mean, the whole premise is,
1: you know, uh, hyper-fantasy. But... But I think it would have been interesting to play it out realistically because you could have made some real commentary around that, the idea of marketing yeah. and the idea of, you know, the packaging and the idea of being in the zeitgeist. And, you know, part of the appeal of the Beatles was that push and pull between Paul McCartney and John Lennon in the, you know, the, the which whose songs were whose and whose were predominantly whose and the push and pull within songs that were, you know, it reflected their own individual personalities and then what George
0: and Ringo brought to it as well. And I think it's also like touches on what we were talking about earlier with our music's old man music. Like if you look at the charts now, like how many kind of folk songs, rock and roll songs, guitar songs are in there? Like if you were just to get the Beatles back catalogue and release it now, it's going to sound like old man music. (laughs) Old old man music. right? Because also the other thing is that so
1: much of modern music is based on the Beatles. Like there's a, you know, throwaway joke in the – in yesterday around the idea that oasis doesn't exist mm. but tr- if you really wanted to truthfully play that out all music would sound really different possibly because so much modern music is based on you know their version the all these people listening to the beatles and wanting to write you know their versions of you know melodies and harmonies and all these sort of things around like psychedelic rock. so if you take the beatles out of the equation there might have been another super big band at the time and then more of modern music would have been, you know, influenced and based around their influence.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, like how there's that campaign after The Last Jedi, or was it Game of Thrones? Both those uh, films and TV shows where, like, nerd fans were like, give us money. Like, let's, let's do a Kickstarter. We're going to remake that film because you guys fucked it up. Why don't we start a Kickstarter? And the
1: good news is for Star Wars fans, <laughs> that's what J.J. Abrams did with the, <laughs> the ninth Star Wars movie, I mean, so. as we you know, Will,
0: uh, The Last Jedi is the best of all the Star Wars films. It is every time we mention that there is someone who tries to, who just slides into my mentions, who tries to explain that you know, look, yeah. there are reasons why it's not the not a great film. No, no, but I think honestly, better than yeah. better than Empire.
1: And from everything that I've read about the uh, the, the new Star Wars film, uh, JJ's gone back to fucking it up in the old way that I hated. it. <laughs> so good luck to you, Star Wars fans. I hope you get. I mean, I don't care about Star Wars. So if Star Wars fans get the landing of the Star Wars. Yeah, you know, franchise that they need. That's fine. But the, I'm going to hate this new movie. I can tell <laughs> from the reviews that I've read and all the things that describes, I'm just like, Oh, that's everything I hate about Star Wars. They're like, it's kind of an apology for the last Jedi. I was like, don't apologize. It's the best thing you fuckers have ever done. Make another one like the last Jedi, <laughs> the second last Jedi. That's what I want to say. The Last Jedi, oops, no, we found one more behind the couch. This is definitely The Last Jedi. Do it John Farnham style. Make The Last Jedi one, two, three, and four. We keep finding Jedi, I'm so sorry.
0: Uh, Jen writes in, hey, Tofop. Here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. I'm currently listening to episode 247, The Running Man. I'm about five months behind, slowly catching up, and I had to stop to write you this as you discuss something uh, 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 As you discussed something I read in a news article just this morning, you predicted Humphrey Bogart would be brought back with deepfakes to make new movies. And this article I read this morning discusses how using James Dean in the same way is definitely on the minds of Hollywood and will potentially get made. Over the many years of listening to Topop, I always thought Will's predictions of the robot takeover were realistic, but it's still a long way away. Now I'm getting concerned I think it's time to make a secret hiding place in my roof and hope for the best. Thanks for fantastic entertainment over the years and hopefully many more to come. Though who knows if it will be you guys or just some computer pretending to be you by then. Yikes. What do you feel about um, bringing James Dean back from the dead? I mean,
1: humanity's best hope is that AI decides to be based on us because with our lack of technical ability... The AR will unplug itself or it'll be trying to blow up the world, but it won't have the right thing, you know, know, plugged into the bomb computer. Um, The James Dean thing, I don't think is going to happen. I think it's a massive publicity stunt and it's actually just not ever going to happen. I feel like it's one of those news stories that... The the, the technology
0: is still miles off. Like we watched that Tom Cruise deep fake where they had a stand-in actor and they put the Tom Cruise and it was good but it still is it was cats level disturbing
1: oh hang on there's a um Mike Howell has just put, posted something around the um here we go uh oh did we talk about this in episode 212 we must have uh, talked talked about this already but uh
0: okay um but didn't they reference episode 247 oh no, hang on
1: 212 on that's that, that's way too early yeah Mike, I can see Michael. Um, t- oh, Michael okay. is typing
0: Sorry. furiously. All right. Oh, that was the episode that he made. Oh, out that was of the episode
1: of. he made out of clips. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, okay. okay, that's right. That is. Well, they are previous to that. That is actually true. <laughs> They're well, well before that one. Um, so, uh, thanks, Michael. By the, the way, for thing. us
0: not knowing that off the top of that, it's we should remember that. One.
1: <laughs> um, I. Yeah, so I don't think they have the technology. I thought it was a massive publicity stunt. But do I think that at some stage this will happen in some movie? Absolutely, 100%. And I can see James Dean being the sort of character you might pluck from history to play like a James Dean-style character. In so I could see that. Mm. But the idea that... Wasn't there whole bullshit that around the idea that like... Because um, it wasn't that they were going to have James Dean in a movie being james dean were they they had a role in a movie that they believed that they had gone to all other actors and they thought the only actor who could play this role was a ai james dean which is to me just stinks of publicity stuff yeah
0: again in relation to our music discussion earlier what teenager is going to know or care about james dean who under the age of 60 is going to want to see james dean in a movie
1: yeah, no one. No one. It's a it's a disturbing and terrible idea that I do not believe is going to happen. That's my big call on this. I've said this the whole time because I remember when it happened, everybody wanted to talk about it. And I was just like, I just think this is bullshit. Mm. I can't see this happening in this instance. At some stage, Marvel will do it or something. Yeah. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Marvel just like, you know, wanted to put Stan Lee in, you know, every film that they put out for, from now on, and they could do something like that. But I don't reckon these dudes are going to do it with their fucking Kickstarter.
0: Jay writes in, Hey, Tofop and or Fofop. I'm working with the rising Australian producer, label head, and all-around funny man, Wongo. And I really enjoyed your Elon Musk episode on the Fofop cast and found the humor in it similar to Wongo's. So wondered if he might be of interest to you. With two US tours, a multitude of hits, including TikTok sensation, TikTok, Caught Up, which perched itself at number one on the ARIA chart, and let's not forget his most controversial number to date, I'm the DJ, a diss video that took aim at LA selectors that amassed over 30,000 views within 48 hours of its launch. Wongo is set to bow out this year with a bang. Would Would you be up for chatting with Wongo on your next one?
1: Could you please Google Wongo and give me some more Wongo information? Because you said a lot of words then, but none of them made any sense to me. You want to talk about, you know, the sort of music you liked in the 90s making you feel old? That email made me feel old because I don't know what a Wongo is. I would have assumed that if you hadn't told me that Wongo was an app of some kind, uh, and then it turns out Wongo was a performer... And I can't tell if Wongo is a satirical performer or a comedian. What, what is Wongo? I don't What's know. See, Wongo, Charlie?
0: So you, you remember there were those, who are those comedians who have that phone hack podcast that you tipped me off about? They said, oh, they they reach out to people and it's like, you know, they try and prank them. See, I'm wondering if Wongo, this is a prank. Okay, so Mike Elston has an article. This is from flaunt.com. And it says, Wongo, the house music talent and Wu-Tang fan talks paradise tour. This is by Cara Powell. Wongo is working from home at the end of the world, a home at the end of the world. As the producer known for his eclectic takes on house music starts in on the first day's cup of coffee at 9am on the Gold Coast, your favourite place, Will. I ask if he's ready for his upcoming Paradise tour, during which he'll spin the impressively genre transcendent track Paradise, showcasing the soulful female vocals of fellow Australian native San Mi, or San Mai. So he's a DJ. I thought he was a comedian from that letter.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I I assumed he was some sort of YouTube comedian from that letter, but it turns out he's a DJ.
0: Yeah, he's an Australian producer, label head and all-round funny man, Wongo. Okay, so oh. I think he's a DJ, oh, okay. but his manager or who's this guy? He's a well, I'm working with. So this could be Wongo's brother. Uh <laughs> uh he's, I think he's a DJ, but it's like oh this guy is good. He's funny when you chat to him. These guys, these two Bro. old mates having a comedy conversation. It might be some good content. <laughs> you know what they
1: More Wongo. They've got to add some Wongo. The thing that hasn't got Toe across the line in the first 270 odd episodes, (laughs) not enough Wongo.
0: We need more Wongo. So uh, Wongo uh, half jokingly admits to this reporter, I'm a little bit of a homebody. And if the small town, uh, the small beach town bearing the slogan, cheer up, slow down, chill out between Brisbane and Byron, where Matt Wongo Ladgrove grew up, is anything like the Sandals Resort Commercial meets band... Wow, see, this journalist needs to use punctuation. <laughs> Sandals <laughs> Resort Commercial meets Bank image online. The impulse to make house music in-house is completely understandable. No matter how picturesque or leisurely the mise-en-scene... Look at buddy Kara using mise-en-scene. Uh, Wongo has made no arrangements to bum around. This is a quote from Wongo. I'm a morning person, okay. so I'm the most creative then, he said. I'm always, I always spend my mornings creating ideas and creating stuff. By midday, I'm making sense of the ideas I put down. By night, I'm listening to see what parts are actually good. That's Wongo's creative process. He's worked with some of the okay. biggest names in the game, including Matt Bass and Electronic Duo GTA. It comes out that his biggest influences are...
1: Are, are they, Charlie? Yeah. Again, this I might be betraying my age, yeah. but I'm going to ask you a question.
0: Yeah.
1: Are they the biggest names in the game? Are Matt Base
0: and GTA the biggest names in the game? I'm gonna say and again, I'm like you, I have no idea. Mm. I'm gonna say Matt Base no, but GTA yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just guessing. <laughs> is that because GTA just sounds like Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, it just sounds and like. I have just heard the a, 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 letters GTA. You've heard people say them and you're like, oh, it's probably that DJ, but yeah. it isn't. If it's I, Grand I, if I was
0: If I was at like a party or a nightclub or something and a tune come yeah. on and I asked my friend, who is this? Mm. And they said GTA. I'd be like, oh yeah, it mm. makes sense. But if they said Matt Bass be like, nah. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. What if it was GTA featuring Matt Bass? <laughs>
1: okay,
0: sure. Uh, Okay, so um, while recognizing Paradise is the latest uh, and greatest landmark track of his career, he graciously thanks LA-based DJ and singer Ducky for expanding his creative capital. She's musically talented and a great producer. That's the first time I worked with a vocalist and the track went far. Um, What else does he have to say? Nothing. Okay. Okay. The former national breakdancing champion and director... Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, hang on.
1: on. I've turned around on Wongo. Let's get him in and talk to him about his breakdancing. Oh, no,
0: no. That's only half the CV. The former national breakdancing champion and creative director of his life's own musical comedy wastes no opportunity to laugh at himself. His name sounds a lot like a scatting onomatopoeia or one-letter deviation of Bongo. Over Skype, he types, It was my Wu-Tang name. My best mate Fongo and I used to have a Ouija board. (laughs) And I think we spoke to old dirty bastard. And he initiated us into the Wu-Tang Clan at the age of 12. This story is actually true. We wanted to be part of Wu-Tang so bad. You know what?
1: I am am coming around on Wongo. We
0: might need to get Wongo on the podcast. (laughs) We wanted to be part of the Wu-Tang so bad, we would both secretly push the Ouija board glass towards the letters we wanted. Well, in that case, Old Dirty Bastard didn't give you the name (laughs) if you pushed the letters to where you wanted. That's not how Ouija works, is it? I mean, that's exactly how Ouija works. (laughs) Developing side (laughs) stitches, I scroll through hilarious content he's posted on the Facebook page for the record label Box of Cats and listen to his 30% fun and 40% business in front party in the back ethos. The effect is endearing, but not for lack of gravitas. Uh, Throughout the discussion... The curtain comes down on quips like Something about Driving to Dance Music Revs You Up. In the final act, Sound Advice takes the stage, he monologues that for anyone up and coming in the music universe or industries otherwise, the goal is to stay afloat. Plus, starting with a logo is a definite no no. (laughs) Ha, that's a nice wordplay, Kara. It was like trying to grow mm-hmm. too fast, Wongo says. I've been producing for 10 years and things are really starting to open up now because I've done things organically. I have a slod foundation and a lot of people get logos done before they start. That's true. We didn't get a logo until at least 30 or 40 episodes in, I'm sure.
1: No, it's very big um, you know, for young comedians to spend way too much time designing your poster and your walk-on music and not spending enough time <laughs> writing the jokes that will be in your show. Um, or it's like that open mic. There's a lot of open mics who... There's one in sort of every generation of some open mic who rocks up to their first open mic and they've already got business cards. <laughs> Firstly, I've been in comedy for 25 years and I've never needed a business card at all. You don't need a business card. But secondly, you don't need one for your first gig.
0: I'm just going to read you the last paragraph of this uh, article by Kara because I think Kara maybe is an English major. Um, Sensing I'm cutting to his track, uh, cutting into his track-cutting time, I hastily inquire about his personal style. That tracksuit-donning artist doesn't put a lot of effort into his home body homebody appearance, but his parting prose, more sage-like than satirical, are perfectly tailored to his idiosyncratic spirit of passionate creation. <laughs> Find what you love oh. and do that. That's a quote from Wongo.
1: You know what? I, I'm pro-Wongo, yeah. i got to say. I was sceptical about Wongo early on, but... I've got to say that I, I like his attitude to life. I like his attitude to comfortable dressing. Um, I don't really like dance music, so we'd have yeah. to avoid that as a topic of conversation. But the rest of what Wongo's laying down, like if we could listen to some Wu-Tang. Yeah. Well, here's what maybe I... Maybe get the Ouija board Here's what out. I think...
0: Well, this is what happens when we expand TOEFOT, right? So we hire our Rogan-style warehouse, and we do this one yeah. once a week. And then we do another show at the yeah. end of the week where we have a guest on. And Wongo can be our First guest, <laughs> let's open with a bang. And,
1: and Wongo was his
0: name. Oh, yeah.
1: W-O-N-G-O, 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 And Wongo was his name. Oh,
0: uh, uh we can do a wofop, it's 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 tofop, but with Wongo. Funny you should say that because Bill writes in, and the subject is Brolosophy podcast. Oh, hi, Charlie. Slash team. I'm Bill Kerr, doc. Now, he wrote in brackets doc. Does that mean he's a doctor? Yeah, I would say okay. so. A host of the Brolosophy podcast. Did you know there was another Olosophy podcast?
1: No, I did not. What's it called?
0: Brolosophy. Bro- Bro- host of the Brolosophy. Oh, Brolos. Yeah. Uh, okay, so like as in bros. I'm assuming so. It's a podcast that, that tells yep. interesting important stories. What I'm really obsessed though is storytelling, hence why I'm reaching out now. I'd I'd love to tell your story as the grandfather of podcasting in Australia. I feel our listeners would really enjoy hearing it, and I'm sure your community would get a kick out of it also. In the past, we've had stars such as the UFC champ Rob Whittaker, the Iceman Wim Hof, Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield, and many more amazing guests, and we'd love to add your name to that list. You will also get all the digital assets in the episode for you to use as you please. From the full audio to video clips to smaller pieces of micro content for further use on all your platforms. We are in Melbourne, uh, so the podcast will be recorded there and it would take around 75 minutes. I hope to hear from you soon. Have a good day. So can I do that, Will? Can I do the Brolosophy podcast or is that cutting in on your uh, uh, IP?
1: Well, I've got to be honest with you, Charlie. I've just looked up Brolosophy. Uh, and they did start on the 16th of September 2019, which is a fair way into... Uh, oh no! Hang on. Show me ten more episodes. There might be more than that. Hang on. I might have been actually doing. Let's see how far back they go on Brolosophy when it started. uh No, okay. They do go a fair way back. Maybe I've ripped them off. <laughs> um, I wanted to. I wanted to see who came first, Brolosophy or Willosophy, but I uh, can't get down to the bottom. So maybe, maybe, maybe they came first. Uh, you can. Oh, I got your here's permission. Point. I don't control your life. Okay, do great. what you like to do. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> do what you lo- Find what you love and do that, uh, as Wongo might say. Yeah, exactly. In the words of Wongo. Uh, hey, Will and Charlie. I'm slowly working my way through all the episodes of Tofop, and I've just brought up the double century, and I'm becoming quite sad as I can see the finish line of eps. Although you guys are putting them out pretty regularly now, so it does make it a little easier to cope with. It's just two things I wanted to touch on. The first is in relation to a conversation had on episode 197 regarding whether it should be Will and Charlie or Charlie and Will. It should definitely be Charlie and Will, as Charlie is the first alphabetically. No argument. Alphabetical order makes the most sense. Would you care to retort?
1: No, no. I'm fine with that, Charlie and Will. I've never had a firm position on it either way.
0: I think... I think Will, just in terms of uh, sonically, I think Will and Charlie sounds better, just from an alliteration point of view, because I think Charlie and Will has a more abrupt end, but Will and Charlie has an upward inflection on the end. I just think it sounds nicer.
1: Okay, so Brolosophy debuted on the 2nd of March 2016, but now here's the second question we need to answer. Where did (laughs) Willosophy No, uh,
0: that was back in was 20, it it was 2014. It was when I was on my hiatus. It was, you basically started Willosophy as a, as a sneaky way to get me podcasting again.
1: All right. Well, then you can't go on this podcast <laughs> of these thieving pricks who've come in on my territory with their bro-losophy. That's not even a pun. Willosophy. <laughs> it's philosophy. My name is Will. That's a pun. Bro-losophy. I mean, we didn't even know how to say it in the first place. It might not have been bro-losophy. <laughs> no, you can't go on these bloody thieves and their thieving bloody podcast no charlie i put my foot down uh my second it actually looks really 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 interesting as i've been flicking through the uh the topics along the way (laughs) they're at least going to get a new subscriber from me because this seems like they've got some really interesting guests See if you
0: can poach some of their guests steal back from them
1: no yeah i'm just like i'm going to talk to wim Hof about these breathing
0: uh (laughs) the second question is directed to will regarding a comment made to an audience member with the name Matt with two T's. Will has expressed a few times to my knowledge that names shortened which names shortened, which end in a double letter, like Will, Matt, etc., should only end in a single letter. I disagree to a point. With Will, it makes sense to spell it with one L, distinguish it from Will as in willpower. Mm. With Matt, however, I believe it makes sense to spell it with two T's to distinguish it from a, from a doormat, like Matt like a doormat. Thoughts.
1: Uh, I could say that if you're a Matt. Uh, but if you're a doormat. But I just think as a consistent as a consistent policy, you should I, I think I I think you err on the side of shorter anyway. What's the point of erring on the side of longer? Because if you want to spell Matt longer, you could spell it with a double T and an E, like the yeah, the finish, match oh, yeah, finish yeah. Matt Oh yeah, Matt Finish.
0: Yeah. Matt Finish is a great um, like that's a good pseudonym. Like if you're signing into a hotel, Matt Finish. <laughs>
1: um so oh i just think you know with the double you don't hear it like phil people are happy with one l for a phil and so i think they should be happy with one l for a will with matt i would be the same like with pat you don't have double t for a pat right yeah you just go with one t even though that's the same as pat a dog or whatever yeah and pats seem fine with it yeah. pats aren't going people are confusing. Like. I don't think anyone's ever going to confuse a doormat with a human being person.
0: Uh, I've got a question for you. Do you me. know what I mean?
1: Like if somebody said, hey, I'm going to bring around Matt, everyone's going to be like, oh, they're bringing around some sort of mat that we're going to lie on. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think it's going to lead to confusion if Matt's just spelt with one T.
0: If I I shot my name to Chuck, which ends in a CK, yeah. can I just end it with A-C? Or does that would you pronounce that Chook? <laughs>
1: No, with a, with a K, you could do it. Chuck.
0: Chuck. Yeah. C-U-K. Chuck. Well, what does C, yeah. how would you pronounce C-H-U-C? Choose. Uh, yeah.
1: Ch- you wouldn't know. <laughs> that's, that's problematic. If it gets it into the area of you don't know, then you're not making it simpler. You're making it more complicated.
0: Adam writes in, subject, rhythm and flow conspiracy. Mm. Two colon.
1: You know what? Charles, I think, is short for Charlie. I know that's a weird thing to say, but like Charlie's two syllables and Charles is one syllable. Yeah. So if you want an easier way to say Charlie, you would say Charles. Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: Even though Charlie is obviously, you know, I know that's a weird, that's a very Christopher Nolan Tenet (laughs) style way of looking (laughs) at it.
0: Adam, Rhythm and Flow Conspiracy. Two colon fop. Okay. Here's one of your tiddly taddly fucking whatevers.
1: <laughs> also, an acceptable way to start correspondence.
0: Rhythm and flow is a lie. This is uh, fairly involved. I started watching Rhythm and Flow after your recommendation in episode 270. Sausages, aka snossages. No, <laughs> it's not snossages. No, I'll, 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 it's rossages. I'll accept sausages or rossages, not snossages. That's a whole new kettle of fish. <laughs> And I actually really enjoyed it, so thanks. Besides a new and somewhat confused love for Cardi B, I agree. I didn't really know much about Cardi yeah. B before Rhythm and Flow, but I'm quite fond of her now to the point where I actually yeah. uh, watched Hustlers the other day, and she's only in it for a couple of scenes. But I got really excited when I knew Cardi B was going to be in a scene.
1: Yeah, I um, I, I've become a little addicted to her Instagram. I must have. Oh, I didn't I even think of that. Of her course, on Instagram and. Oh yeah, she and she's she produces some good Instagram content. She's constantly like you know laying out raps and like doing all weird shit. Like yeah, she's yeah, I I I I it certainly has introduced me to the world of Cardi B. Someone I'm fascinated about in ways that I couldn't actually explain, explain. to you other than exactly. you'll get it. Like when you get it, you'll get it, but
0: I can't really explain to you what it is. I mean, it's weird. That's another example of, like, are we old men? Because I get that she's a star. Clearly she's a star. She's, like, just so charismatic and so interesting. But are the younger people understanding what she's saying when she talks? Because I cannot understand what she's talking about. (laughs)
1: Do you think that the way Cardi B talks is like those, you know how younger people can hear higher frequencies (laughs) and as you get older, you can't hear them? And so Cardi's sending out secret messages to the young people through the second half of every sentence that she says. So like as oldies, we're only hearing the first half of everything she says and then when she goes into that Cardi speak, all the young people's ears prick up and they get the messages about
0: overthrowing us. Yeah, kill them, take their franking credits. (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so besides a new and somewhat confused love of cardi b there's one other thing i seem to notice since i knew d smoke was the show's eventual winner oh yeah spoilers by the way she probably should have said it's enough times past right Mm. i was taking particular notice of his performances and the judge's comments in each episode i fully agree that he was definitely the most talented and most deserving winner amongst the contestants but that is where my suspicions lay I hypothesize that D smoke was always going to be the show's winner and the show was built as a platform to launch his career and that the other contestants never really had a chance, whether they knew it or not. D smoke got the skills, but I question whether his overall look and story would have had much appeal without the hype the show gave him. Much like the Transformers and Dino Roder's cartoons... <laughs> Were only created to support sales of the toy range. I think rhythm and flow was a sneaky pre-product of what could be planned as a much bigger, as as much bigger things for D-Smoke and possibly some of the others. I'd love to see old Man Saxon or Ian the rapper pop up again. Well, I mean, yes, like isn't that all reality shows? They are platforms in which to kind of create stars and record record the sales?
1: I think, it's what he's describing is just harder than what they did. Right. So like, you know, when you look at whether something is a conspiracy or not, Mm. like I think to pull off that conspiracy would be harder than actually just going out, finding a bunch of good rappers, running a competition and guessing that one or two of them will like, I think that they certainly, they didn't just go out and find a whole bunch of no names. They put people in London B you know, Flawless, like, you know, smoke people who had had substantial sort of off-Broadway careers or at least time in the game that were known to... Like, there was a bunch of times where some of the rappers were known to Cardi or they were known to Chance or whatever. Like, So I think that they went out and recruited a whole bunch of people that weren't household names but certainly had a chance of blowing up after the show. But the idea that you would manufacture all that around launching the career of one person versus the idea of we will do this show we will get the best people and then we'll just do that with the best people it's just easier to run the competition than it is to make put everything else that's a moving part mm. in place because i still think they all had the if if for example d smoke and flawless and you know london, london and B. those guys hadn't had the best performances on the way through then there would be some validity to that. But they were the standouts on the way through as well. So are you gonna manipulate everybody else to be slightly
0: not as good as the people that you're putting through? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think I think there's an element of truth to it. I reckon as producers, you would be watching the rushes each day and going, Well, this guy is clearly the most interesting. Like we're gonna you know, this this he has the most potential. And the record companies who are investing in the show would also be saying, well, look, we can sell this guy's albums. You know, it's going to be much harder to sell um Sam B. Real or was that, was that his name? Uh, you know, Bill Gates' son.
1: Yeah, but but the, diff- the difference between this show is that I, I don't think that they... It didn't come attached with a record deal. Didn't it? I believe...
0: Oh, I was just money. My
1: understanding of the prize with Rhythm and Flow was because uh, Chance kept mentioning it. This is like a unique selling point, which was this is the only show where there isn't a tie to, you know, a record deal or anything like this. They just gave them $250,000 to then go away and make their album or do whatever they wanted to do with it. But that's why at the end he even said to D Smoke, he was like, you know, you spend this on yourself, you know, put it into your record and your career. I, Again, I don't want to go to the trenches on being, a, you know, <laughs> like Rhythm and Flow Defender, (laughs) the the integrity of Rhythm and Flow. But I believe that the prize money wasn't attached to a record deal. Hang on, I'm going to get... No, I think you're right. I actually think you're right. It's $250,000. Yeah. And and that's how you keep it uh, independent. They don't have an incentive to cook the books in the way of, you know, this will be the most marketable or this will sell the most records. You can actually just run the competition because at the end you're just giving one of them quarter of a million dollars and it doesn't really matter which one it is in the end of the day.
0: Just on that note, you reminded me when uh, Gemma and I had our uh, other production company, we used to make a lot of music videos and uh, we often would make music videos for people who won or were finalists in uh, like a singing competition and at one stage I remember someone from a record company calling me and saying, hey, um, yeah, we've got this money, we've got this budget to make a video for this guy, look... It's not a great singer, it's not a great dancer, but people seem to really like him. So we want to see what we can do. And I was like, "All right, cool, let's see what we can do."
1: Um. All right. Uh, cash prize: two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, I'm just trying to find something that uh, yeah, the the cash prize was two hundred fifty thousand, but I just wanted to. Um. Oh, hang on. Here we go. This is what I need. There's an NME article. Uh where d smoke uh i'm i i I can't see what it actually says but the little like like you know little bit they're showing me says this isn't like a lot of other contest shows and then it's cut off so i now have to link through (laughs) to that because i believe that will give us the information (laughs) that we're actually
0: looking for but it's not going through at the moment uh while you're doing that i'll read the next uh email we have a uh uh we're going to letter here, it, Will. This is uh, from someone who says, uh, Hey, Tofop. I'm an author with a recent book that I'd like to promote. It's a true story about a time when I stole money from work, was caught and charged and went to jail for a time. I'm wondering what kind of money it costs to have an ad read on one of your podcasts for maybe a month. I think I'll be doing a lot of this out of my own pocket as I don't think my publisher will stump up much money. Anyhow, please let me know. I love the podcast. Thanks heap for the free content.
1: So uh, I know this person, Charlie. In fact, this person is going to be a guest. I've already recorded it on oh. an upcoming episode of Philosophy,
0: Is and, he going to be uh, on
1: Brolosophy? Because <laughs> then I'll listen. Uh, well, he's probably probably already been on Brolosophy. <laughs> and uh, so um, basically, um, uh, he, it's an amazing story. And I first heard this story a little bit um, when it happened. He, Dave Anthony and I did an episode of Faux Pop together where we talked about a guy that I'd known who'd committed a... Uh, Pretty heinous crime, and yeah, how you react when somebody, you know, that you know and that you've liked does something pretty terrible. And he had been listening to that, and obviously knew that was a situation that um, a lot of the people in his life were going through with the fact that he had committed this crime. And he reached out to me at that time. And so since, um, since his book came out, which I believe is called Mister Ordinary Goes to Jail if I'm getting that right, uh, off the top of my head. But I think it's called Mr. Ordinary Goes to Jail. And uh, it's actually really fascinating. I've, I've read the book and it's a really interesting insight into what it's like to, you know, be a white-collar criminal and then go through the prison system. And he was in, in prison for about nine months. So it's a really interesting episode. So look out for it when it comes up on will
0: What about the idea of having listeners to the show promote stuff they're putting out themselves, like books, albums? Should we create, like, we have our regular sponsors, but should we create like a, I don't know, like a Patreon level, say uh, 50 bucks a month? Um, You know, someone gives us 50 bucks and they get to, they will do an ad read for their stuff as a way to support the community that supports us. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, well, that uh, is what comedy film nerds did on their podcast. Uh, I. They just, um, and by the way, congratulations to the comedy film nerds who just recently did their huge uh, final ever episode and uh, big live show, excellent three hour um, episode. If you want to go and check out that, I did a little video for them uh, pretending, Charlie, that the show had already happened because I was in Australia and we live in the future. Yeah. It's a little comedy conceit that I put together there. Um, but, yeah, a really fantastic show. But they used to do that. They had a $50 Patreon level where, you know, that you would do ads for things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be a good idea. And now that they're not a show anymore, it's that idea's up for grabs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's feast on its remains like the vultures we are. Uh, Kyle writes in, Hey, Tofop. Hi, Will and Charlie. My name is Kyle. I'm one of the original teabaggers since episode one. I am from Texas, but I moved here to California a year ago. I am the guy with the original Tofop Dark Knight Tattoo. Remember that guy? It's the bat symbol with Tofop written inside it. And although I am not a human doctor, I am a veterinary technician or a nurse, whatever you call them in Australia. Does that fit into our medical profession? I think it does. Vet nurse, yeah. Well, particularly
1: considering that we talk about uh, animal ailments on this podcast much more often than we talked about human ailments. So, yeah, no, definitely. Vet nurses are... By the way, such amazing, amazing people because they are doing the majority of the the work, you know, at the vets. And, you know, it's dealing with public and really, you know, in situations where they really don't know what's going on and they're you know, often highly stressed. And, you know, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, the idea that the animals can't communicate what's right with them and uh, what's wrong with them. And I reckon vet nurses <laughs> just doing an amazing
0: job. Kyle says I just wanted to say thank you you two have helped me when I needed it most you've been there for me at the best of times in my life as well as the worst times I'm not a social person but saying goodbye to Junior really made me sad and I wanted to reach out I wanted to reach out and share my favorite Junior moments as a list, from a listener point of view he was and always be, will be one of my favorite parts of the podcast so Kyle's written in with his top six Junior moments from the podcast one, love it When Will and Charlie just sat there saying, Junior, Junior, to test whether he chooses to ignore you when he doesn't feel like listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Two insecure funny blokes trying to get a dog's approval. (laughs) Number two, when you propose the idea of Junior becoming an indie star by giving him huge fake testicles and having Spike Jones film him. Don't remember it? Sounds on brand. Number three, when Junior ate some weed and you brought him to the vet uh, and you said he wouldn't become an addict uh, and you were worried that he would become an addict looking for his next score, which, by the way, isn't life-threatening to animals. They just get stoned and pee all over the place. Number four, any time we would hear Junior running into the room or hear him bark at something in the background. Number five, when Junior ran off, while Charlie went running and you uh, you and Will decided to make up an excuse to tell Gemma. Uh, number six, Charlie talking about how Junior started as an outdoor dog then slowly moved his way into the bed more and more until he was basically taking Charlie's place in bed. Uh, yes, Junior was a master at that. I'd never had a pet before and so I just assumed because he was a dog, it's like, he's going to start outside the house. And so like, we got him a little kennel and then after a week I was like, all right, He's in the house, but he's going to be in the living room. And then it's like, all right, he's going to be in the bedroom, but he's going to be on the floor. I'm like, all right, he's going to be on the bed, but he's going to be on the end of the bed. It's like, all right, he can be in the bed, he's going to be at the foot of the bed. All right, he's going to be (laughs) up between us, but no head on the pillow. It's like, basically, he's married my wife. (laughs) I am now the pet. Uh, Carl continues, there was certainly more, but I wanted to put it out there so other people can remember how awesome Junior was. I have depression, Graves' disease, fibromyalgia, so thank you both for always being a good place for me to escape to and always make me smile. You were there for the birth and raising of my child, so to hear Charlie now being a dad is amazing. I don't want to make this email too long, so thank you again. And if you ever have any animal questions, I'm always here to help. You're uh, you're the number one podcast of vet techs as well as human medical doctors. Take care. I love you guys. Kyle. Awesome. That's great. We'll take it.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Absolutely. Um, Chance, uh, the rapper, (laughs) uh, said to (laughs) de-smoke. Uh, when he gave him his two hundred fifty thousand dollars grand prize money, this isn't a lot. This isn't like a lot of the other contest shows. By the way, how old do you think Chance the Rapper is? Thirty. Lower. Really? Twenty eight. Yeah. Lower. No,
0: he's lying. It's like Beyonce. She's actually fifty two. Twenty um, four. <laughs> what do they say? Twenty six. Apparently. And that's Bullshit. No way he's 26. Mm. Although he's Christian. Maybe that's 26 in God years.
1: (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. Although he's Christian.
0: Well, if you believe in God, you age only like, you know, one year for every two of a (laughs) non-believer. I think that's what they taught me in church.
1: Oh, Oh, you mean in non-Christian years? Yeah, Yeah, no, 35. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what does he say? Uh, Check. Chance gave uh, took a moment to give uh, D, D Smoke some advice about how to spend his two hundred fifty thousand dollars. This isn't like a lot of the other contest shows, he said. It's a non contractual two hundred fifty thousand dollars that is going to you to be spent however you want it. I just want to tell you the best thing you could do is invest in yourself. There you go. So yeah, non contractual. So he could have just spent the money on anything. Doesn't have to. Didn't actually have to go away and make music with the money.
0: Dan writes in. Hey, Tofop. Hey, guys. Just chiming in with a new twist on the doctor theme. I teach people who want to become personal trainers, and I've just finished a PhD in educational psychology. For any limited edition T-shirts you plan, I would definitely support a slogan of, we keep them laughing so they keep you learning. There wouldn't be a lot of demand for this, I'm sure, so it's, perfect Tofop money. it's a perfect Tofop money losing project. Keep up the great work.
1: Well, that's not true because, like, you know, you can teach people all sorts of things. So that slogan, laughing and learning, would be fine. That would be quite adaptable. Teachers could wear it, um, any sort of instructor, driving instructors. Like, it wouldn't have to be limited to training personal trainers to enjoy that T-shirt. Kelby, hey, Tofop. What about some Tofop activewear? <laughs> Maybe that's the direction we should be going in. Like, actually take it into the gyms. Do you know what I mean? Like... You know, That's some a workout great idea, wear. Like yeah. you, you listen to your podcast while you go for a walk, or you know, while you go to the gym. Yeah. We're going to actually get you some gym stuff that you can wear. So, like, we could be the
0: Lululemon of podcast merch. Would well, I? and I had this conversation this morning, like, because uh, there's uh, we're staying at this place where they, they do free yoga in the morning. So there's a bunch of ladies walking in their yoga pants, and Jim asked, like, why do women always like wear their yoga pants like all throughout the day? Like, it's just like just it's like the male version of tracksuit pants you see women always in their yoga pants and jim's like oh because it makes the bum look really good yoga pants have a way of just sucking everything in and lifting it all up and makes it all look great so why don't we do some toe brand yoga pants and it's our faces on each of the butt cheeks <laughs> so when someone's doing a downward dog if you're behind them you get will and charlie looking straight at you
1: All right, okay. Let's uh, put that up on the pin pin that one up on the board for further consideration.
0: <laughs> Kelby writes in, Hey Topop. Hey guys, I'm a physiotherapist and I'm a keen listener to your podcast. Have you ever wondered why a profession that quite often gets clients to take their clothes off during sessions is called physio the rapist?
1: Oh boy. I mean that's a pretty dark sort for a a physiotherapist to have. <laughs> I wouldn't want my physiotherapist to be considering that i wouldn't want my physiotherapist for that to have ever crossed their mind
0: (laughs) also i sincerely hope that no one from the australian health practitioners regulation agency listens to your podcast otherwise an audit may be coming my way due to my weird name thanks guys keep up the good work malcolm medical merch hey charlie hey will please do some medical merchandise i'm a doctor And I know a couple of colleagues who listen to Tofop will definitely buy whatever you put out. Well, Malcolm, if you go to redbubble, redbubble.com slash people slash MrFoz, you can get yourself a Tofop number one medical podcast mug. Available now.
1: Um, I was doing Josh Eil's podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am? at The Catfish. It was a live one with Charlie Pickering and Celia Bacola and Claire Hooper. It was great fun. You can listen to it now. I make a gene-splitting joke that should have been about a, bi- a biologist <laughs> instead of a chemist, is what I said. Nah, you idiot. And it's been annoying me for a week. Idiot. It's, but seriously. Fucking it was such moral. a good joke. And it's like the minute I walked, like I walked out of the venue and I was walking home and I was like, oh, biologist, not a fucking chemist, <laughs> you fucking idiot. And that thought has come into my mind at least 12 times a day, every day since I recorded that podcast. Amy's, but, Amy's um, like, why is Will di-
0: screaming in the shower every morning? <laughs>
1: It seriously has come to me so often, and I'm so annoyed by it. Anyway, whatever. The, <laughs> uh, there was a dude sitting in the second row in a Christian Bale, good for you, fop t-shirt, and it looked ah. amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that fop good for you. I saw a guy post it on Twitter. He got the poster version, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll get one of those. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. So once again, go to a- – It looks great
1: as a t-shirt. Very – like if you want to be identified, it's a real – I mean – it. It's a statement, you know, it's not a subtle T-shirt, but it is actually a really fun novelty T-shirt. Like I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks, I was like, oh, that's our T-shirt. That's cool.
0: Uh, you can either check the uh, description in the bottom of this, uh, of today's episode to go straight there, or you can go to com slash people slash Mr. Foz. Hey, Will, Ryan writes in. Hey, guys. You've really got to stop promoting this show as the number one podcast amongst medical professionals. It's creating difficult situations at work. As an anaesthetist...
1: Welcome.
0: Welcome. I frequently do nerve blocks on patients who can then have their operation awake and pain-free, but they can listen to music or chat to staff, whatever they want. Anyway... The other day, a patient came in for their surgery, and when I offered them a chance to listen to anything they wanted, they asked if they could listen to TOEFOP, as it's popular amongst medical professionals. (laughs) The word is spreading well. After confessing that I was a listener, much to the pleasure of the patient, we started playing as surgery began. Now, when we started this campaign... (laughs) You joke that wouldn't it be great to have like a Doctor Strange type scene where, you know, the, 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 the genius surgeon comes in and the only way he can operate is to play TOEFOP. It fucking happened. It happened. You, you manifested, Will. 45 minutes into episode 267, Karate a Cockroach, both the patient and I are forced to try and explain to the surgeon, the nurse and the technicians, etc. in the theater, what this podcast is actually about. Normally, anaesthetizing unwell patients is the most difficult part of my day. However, trying to come up with a description of what we were listening to beyond a comedy conversation between two old mates was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Anyway, after the successful operation, the patient goes into recovery bay. The surgeon pulls me aside and says, don't ever play that shit in here again. (laughs) Thanks for the laughs. Ryan. Oh boy. What a what a great way to end the year. Like that letter just made my day.
1: But also I'm just so chuffed that like Somebody going in for an operation was willing to take the risk because it wasn't the surgeon that requested it. In my scenario, it was the thing that focused the surgeon <laughs> so the surgeon could best concentrate on the surgery. But in this scenario that's just been painted, it was actually the thing that was putting off the surgeon. You have gone into surgery and said, Can I play something that will annoy? And like this, guy, the surgeon at some stage would have been like, This guy's not worth saving if this is what he's doing with his life listening to this shit why should i even bother fixing him <laughs> oh dr sleepy over here who doesn't have to do the hard work just like count back from 10 i'll whack you to sleep and old mate having an operation that fine for them i'm trying to concentrate i went to medical school for 25 years to do this and now i can't concentrate because of this shit
0: uh mitch writes in uh, subject line can confirm Can confirm I have listened to TOEFOP on multiple industrial work sites. Only once on loudspeaker before being shunned. Oh, you want to applaud that, tradies, who listen to TOEFOP? Yeah. I mean, is there an industry in which you don't listen to TOEFOP? I think that's the question we should be asking. Where don't we go?
1: It it would be hard to get that information from people who aren't listening to the podcast, Charlie. That would be the major flaw in that question.
0: (laughs) Well, here's my question. If you're Uh, not
1: listening to this podcast, where are you not listening to it?
0: I would like to know, are there any Outlaw Motorcycle gang members? Like, when you're in your bunker, has anyone, like you're normally listening to Rose Tattoo or uh, George Thoroughgood? I imagine, has anyone ever just whacked on Tofop? Like, you're sitting around, like, cutting meth or, like, planning whatever crimes you're planning. Has anyone just said, you know what, we need to relax it's going to be a tense couple of days as we ship this meth. Why don't we listen to some toefop? If you are an outlaw biker who listens to this show, get in contact.
1: Oh, here's what I would say is that I imagine if you're working in like a meth lab or whatever, like you know, well, not in the lab necessarily, but in the like you know, packaging it up and sending it out, that part of the business, surely you'd be able to do that with a podcast on.
0: So you want to? Right? So you want to know? Like you know, <laughs> are we are we involved in crime syndicates?
1: I don't know. Drug dealers. Yeah. Let us know. We won't say your name. Know.
0: We won't say your name. Know. Uh, okay. Uh, Mitch uh, continues. Uh, I've only played uh, TOEFOP once on Loudspeaker before being shunned for listening to two weirdos talking about Gangnam Style. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to introduce somebody to without Cold. their explicit permission. I yeah. would say our podcast. You You really want to get a clear, you know, consent. You've got to kind of give people a little teaser, maybe play them a little clip, maybe just reference a conversation that happened, you know. Maybe they're into a particular topic. You're like, hey, I heard a podcast about that topic. But you can't just force toefop upon people. Make sure that you have explicit oral consent consent from somebody before you play them an episode of this podcast.
0: Uh, I'm going to use this person's full name because he says I can. Chuck Anderson.
1: Oh, my God. It's like we've combined into a super person.
0: Uh, Message, merch chat. Yo, where the stubby cool is at? (laughs) This Chuck Henderson. is like you combine us, it turns out you get a real (laughs) douchebag. It's like all our worst qualities combined. Yo, where the stubby cool is at? They keep beverages cool. Sell them at uh, $12.95 or 2 for 20 plus shipping. Cheers. Cool stuff for cool people. Get it? Yours, Chuck. <laughs> P.S. I love the show. I've been listening since the third episode. I am not and will never be a medical professional. Soz, sad face. P.P.S. Chuck Anderson may or may not be my real name. It could be.
1: Okay, it's not. Okay, I understand now. Um, well, well, thank well you, you, Chuck reckon. Anderson. It's nice to see a version of us.
0: Stubby holders?
1: Um, yeah, but is that the sort of thing that we're going to have to handle ourselves?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe Foz can take. I mean, Foz has been very proactive so far. Foz, uh, can we get do stubby holders? And if so, what do we put on them? I don't think we should just. I think we should do something specific, like you know, like one of our slogans should go on the thing. Like, um, uh, please don't use my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was actually an idea of another listener whose letter I have not read out because I thought I didn't have time anyway this is from James hey Tofop uh, greetings Will and Charlie long time listener first time I to the pod the reason why I'm sending you this message is because I'm in a bowling team 10 pin bowling I'm assuming and I'm part, and, uh, I'm a part of a bowling time team that finished on top of the ladder for the past three years we've been known as living on a spare but now we've decided to retire the name and change it to something else. I'm not the only person in on the team that listens to the podcast. Any uh, any of your teammates, doctors and medical professionals. And I thought it would be fun to give you guys a chance to come up with a new name for us. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. Keep up the great work, James. Okay. Bowling team. Bowling puns. Okay. So what do you got? Pins. Okay, so we need... Pins. I mean... alleys, Balls. Living on a
1: spare is great because it's like, yeah. you know... Iconic song and a bowling turn. Well, so that's that, the sort of zone that we're looking for,
0: isn't okay. it? Okay. Um, what about like, I can't believe it's not gutters? <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, three three holes and a heartbeat. Oh. <laughs>
1: three holes and a heartbeat.
0: Three ball- <laughs> um, Uh You go. <laughs>
1: Um, Kirstie, uh, thirsty, th-
0: thirsty, thirsty. Alley.
1: <laughs> oh, thirsty alley's not bad. I actually like thirsty alley. I was going to say go with fondle my balls.
0: Um. <laughs> um, um what do you got? Pins, strikes. We need. To, right, what's a strike pun? Strike. Um, uh, strike in the mechanics. Uh, <laughs> That's not quite.
1: Oh, striking the mechanics is but yeah. Be like strike. Um, yeah. Strike and t- strike and Tina Turner? <laughs> no.
0: No. You don't want to put the word strike and Tina Turner in the same sentence. It's not oh, very no. tasteful. Yeah,
1: it's a little on the nose. Um, um, uh, 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 bike? Uh, Be
0: like strike?
1: Uh, is there a <laughs> um, like? What's it? Oh, what about this? Oh, how about this? strike me. The- oh, what about please strike me?
0: No, no, know, again, again Tina Turner. That. What about yeah. the strikologists? As in psychologists, Strikeologists? No. All right. Um, um,
1: strike. Strikes. Good though. Like, because stri- there's strike. lots of things that rhyme with strike.
0: Um, um, what? What about the Empire Strikes Back? Um, are you all uh, gone?
1: Yeah, no, 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 I got none. You're, you're in a good zone with like strikes, strike. Empire
0: strikes like- back. Um, uh, the, uh, the Empire strikes back. Uh, bowling strikes gets us fat. <laughs> like as in erection gets a, gives us fat. Bowling strike. No, the Empire strikes back. No. Um, uh, the entire strike. No. Okay, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs>
1: um okay i'm gonna i like the like the idea of it being uh another song yeah like you know if you're gonna take that oh, yeah. combo okay, they already so. have which is you know spare and a song so um i'm striker bird <laughs> uh
0: striker it's too much of a change um
1: Smell, str- smells, smells smells! strike teen spirit
0: Smells, strike teen spirit close is there something where it's like light? I, I, I um i strike it like that ah oh, yeah strike it like that strike strike it i strike it like that is that guy Sebastian uh,
1: strike a prayer what about strike a prayer
0: uh like yeah well that's a, that's in the theme of like a spare strike a prayer mm.
1: Mm. strike a or like a spare I guess oh, yeah, you can so, go either way. Yeah. With that. <laughs> uh, what about? Oh, what about Striker Virgin? Ah, if you're talking there about you go. I mean, is that strike is, is that still virgin. does
0: that still have the DV association though? Like striking Tina Turner, yeah. Striker Virgin.
1: Oh, how about I don't? How about tell me why I don't strike Mondays? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Tell me why I don't strike Mondays. Because if they, especially if their yeah. team meets up on a Monday, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You got two options there. Uh, all right. Two more to go, Will. To close out 2019. This is from David. Merchandise idea. Oh, yeah. This is the one I thought that I had uh, ignored, but this is, all right. Good. Hi, guys. I'd love the merchandise chat. I heard one of my ideas on the week's Crazy Neighbor, last week's Crazy nepo, Neighbor episode, which was hilarious. I have an additional suggestion for a t shirt. The phrase I constantly hear is, Long time TOEFL fan, please don't use my last name. There you go. David's idea. That could go on a stubby holder. Long time TOEFL fan on the front, please don't use my last name on the back.
1: Please don't use my last name. <laughs> That's good. Dave, that is actually very good. Uh,
0: says, I'm sorry to say I'm not a doctor, much to my parents' disappointment. But both my brothers are. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas oh. to you, David.
1: Well, all you have to do, all you have to do, David, is get one of those brothers interested in the podcast. Yeah, that's all. That's an achievable mission.
0: And you can also get him a TOEFOP medical podcast mug from Redbubble. That's uh, redbubble.com slash people slash Mr. Foz. Perfect present for one of your brothers. Our last bit of correspondence uh, comes from Erica. Subject: I accidentally blasted Tofop on a store's Chromecast. Hey Tofop. Well, she actually wrote "Hey colon Tofop. Yeah, I think you missed the point there. It's two colon fop, not "Hey colon Tofop, <laughs> But we'll allow it. As I was preparing for my com- my, oh, can I read? As I was preparing for my commute home, I arrived at my bus stop and set up my Bluetooth for some Tofop. My bus stop happens to be near a tech store. As I started playing the pod on Spotify, I'm wondering why it's taking so long. It needs to hurry up and start, because my bus is coming, and God forbid I interact with people. In my hurry, I just press OK on the big button that comes up saying, We found a Chromecast. Connect? Question mark. Yeah, 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 just connect. As I wonder why I can't hear anything, I realise I've connected to the open Chromecast in the store next to me, and I'm accidentally blasting Charlie talking about unleashing on his neighbour, which, if you remember, Will, was full of expletives. <laughs> Thankfully... I don't think I subjected them to more than 40 seconds of confusion before I stopped the pod and was whisked away by my bus. Just know that somewhere in Ottawa, Canada, your voices are haunting some poor retail staff yes. at Christmas. Love the pod. Thanks for the laughs, Erica. Right. Well, I couldn't oh, think of a better way really to go out. It's from Canada. It's a white Christmas. Toe fop and a white Christmas. Perfect imagery. Uh, if you want to support the show, we're taking a little break for a few weeks. Um, but if you want to make sure we're back, in 2020 you can go to our patreon page we're not just asking for money we're giving you a heap of bonus content there we've got some filmed episodes up there we've got clips we've got artwork we've got comic strips comic strips based on the show like everyone relax we've got comic strips inspired this sh- by the show like quantum cop um, if you don't have money to support us on Patreon, you can support us in other ways by going to our YouTube channel, which is Tofop TV. Again, you've got clips in the shop there. You've got our award-winning, I should say, award-winning web series, Lessons for Life with Alan Mercedes. That's all for free on YouTube. And the more you watch it, the closer we get to monetizing it. So please, please support us in any way you can. And of course, check out our sponsors, the people who have supported us most through 2019. But most of all, thank you, the listeners, for supporting us in 2019.
1: Yeah, correct. I endorse all the things that Charlie just said. I have some shows on sale if you want to come and see me do some stand-up. I'm touring all over Australia and possibly other places in 2020. So um, there's probably a show coming to near where you are if you're in Australia. So go to comedy.com.au and just uh, follow the links and find out when I will be near to where you are. But if you were coming to see the show at the Sydney Comedy Store, my watch You're Talking About Wheel shows, uh, a couple of nights of that are already sold out and it is selling really quickly. So... Uh, get in sooner rather than later the first night uh, which is a tuesday night i actually think with the improv shows the first night is almost always the most fun night because it's the after i've done the first night you know you get a bit of a rhythm with it but the first one's actually just like jumping out of a play without a parachute so i highly recommend coming along on the first night where the brilliant beck melrose will be doing support for me as well. So it'll be a good night on the Tuesday. And let's be honest,
0: like after the first night, you don't really try that hard, do you? You just phone it in from then on.
1: Was well, that Charlie? I've, I've already stopped thinking about
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, we really do appreciate everyone listening to this show and we love especially all the medical professionals who support the show. Once again, if you want to support us by buying some of our merch and looking cool over the summer, you can go to redbubble.com slash people slash mrfoz. But until twenty twenty, this is me saying I'm Charlie Clausen.
1: I'm Will Anderson.
0: Ho ho ho. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's it's up to you.